and welcome to Kingwood United Methodist Church. Thank you for joining us today. Wherever you're listening from and whatever service you're listening to, we strongly believe because of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, there is always more life. Gospel reading today comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 24, verses 1 through 12. I invite you to follow along in your Bible. The words will also be on the screens in front of you. Hear now the word of the Lord. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and they went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He is risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee. The Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered the words. When they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the others. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the others. The others with them who told the apostles, but they did not believe the women because their words seemed to them like nonsense. Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb. Bending over, he saw the strips of linen lying by themselves. Now read this last sentence to me. We're going to read this twice. And he went away wondering to himself what had happened. Read that again slower. Think about it. And he went away wondering to himself what had happened. It's the word of God for you and me, the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. And as you are, let's bow together for prayer. May your spirit, O God, stand between me and your people so that the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts together will be transformed into the good news of the gospel of Christ in whose name we gather, in whose name we pray, and in whose name we will depart and seek to serve you faithfully. And all of God's people did say, Amen. Have you ever noticed that regardless of which gospel account that you read the resurrection, maybe Mark in his brevity. Could it be Matthew who only talks about the earthquake that was there that rolled away the stone probably? Uh, John who has the first words that Jesus speaks is to Mary and she recognizes the risen Christ. Or in the Luke passage, Have you ever noticed that regardless of which gospel account of the resurrection that you read, nobody wakes up on Easter morning excited because they're remembering that Jesus said he would rise from the dead. Everybody still seems surprised. All the gospel accounts tell us it's the women who have gone. The women who had probably prepared the spices and everything before Jesus' death because it would have been Shabbat and they would not have been able to prepare. So they probably got everything together ahead of time. And now they're headed to the tomb. All the gospel accounts agree that it was early in the morning when they go. 
And all of the gospel accounts agree that there was some sort of angelic kind of messenger or someone there who said, he's not here. Or they find the empty tomb. And every one of the gospels has everybody responding the same way. They either go away perplexed or they're terrified or they're wondering. Why is it that everybody forgot? Well, my friends, I think sometimes disappointment and even death fuel our doubts. And we, we have this sort of spiritual amnesia. Because when good things happen, we have a tendency to dismiss them. But when the bad things happen, we sort of let them take root in our lives. How often when something negative has happened in your life, have you revisited it over and over and over again? Friends, Easter is about Christ coming to those tomb moments in your life of your resentments, your regrets, your hearts, your your heartbreaks, all of that. Maybe even your habits and behaviors that you need to be freed from. And he says, life, no more death, life. I'm here to bring life. And as soon as the messenger speaks, everybody in the Gospels goes, and then they remembered. What today do you remember? Do you remember the places where you have fallen short? Do you remember your doubts? Do you remember your heartaches? Do you remember your confusion? Do you remember your questions? Or do you remember the one who promised that he would rise on the third day? Just a little, not too long ago, like two days ago, everybody's fleeing to the shadows. Whether it's Peter's outright denial, I don't know who you're talking about in this Jesus. Whether it's all these disciples that sort of slip away quietly into the night. Whether it's Judas' actual betrayal, every one of us has forgotten Today is the day to remember, to remember the resurrection. For 1,400 years, there's been a cathedral on the highest point in London called St. Paul's. In the Great Fire of London many years ago, Sir Christopher, Christopher Wren was the one who was called to lead the design and the rebuilding of St. Paul's. They had some pieces of the foundation stones from the old cathedral after the fire. And so Wren asked one of the stonemasons to go select a stone to bring is to, to set the first stone as sort of the hallmark of from the ashes and what was would be the foundation of what was to become. They would remember this place. And when the stonemason brought the stone, it was actually inscripted with the words resurgum in the Latin, which means I shall rise again. I sat in the commons on Friday night knowing that this is the direction I was going in this part of the text today. And what struck me as we were in the commons together remembering that quiet good Friday night as we departed in silence, I noticed all the exit signs. And for whatever reason, it really stuck out to me in this moment. I thought, maybe I want, or maybe we should put resurgum above every one of the exit signs so that as you depart the church to move into the world, you will go not just knowing how to get out, but with this message in your heart, I shall rise again. Death has no more hold. Disappointments fade away into hope-filled moments. 
And that we reach into the world not because of our own efforts, not to alleviate our conscience, but because this is what we are called to be and to do on an Easter morning, to reach out into the world, to make a difference in the world. And so we bring our broken lives and pieces of our lives to Christ. We have the, as, as, as Ryan said, the Super Bowl today, the, the huge pep rally of celebration to remember. Last month we were, um, I was in Jordan, and one of the things that's often forgotten or overlooked about the country of Jordan is that in a town named Madaba is a lot of the Christian history from the 4th and 5th centuries. There are several churches there. In the floor of St. George's Church in Madaba, which is like downtown Madaba, is the Greek Orthodox Church of St. George's. There's the largest and oldest mosaic map of the Holy Land that we have from the 500s that's survived it all. There's also Mount Nebo and there's the Church of Elijah. There are several churches and what you see in all these churches is that they are famous for their mosaics. And I was fascinated about that and wanted to know how do we, how do we get these mosaics? And what I found out is that there's actually, we went to the place, a, a studio where folks who are handicapped are trained for three years to stay in this historic process. And what they do is they cut these long pieces of different colored stone. And then what happens is they're broken into smaller pieces. And the smaller pieces are just broken pieces, just like our lives, right? Broken pieces here and there, but here's something kind of amazing. You see, when broken pieces are in the hands of an artisan, beautiful things can be made. Thanks again for joining us for today's message. We will return to the sermon in a moment, but first, we would like to ask for you to rate, share, and subscribe to our podcast. We believe God is doing some amazing things here at KUNC, and your feedback helps our church to reach new listeners that we wouldn't otherwise be able to reach. Now, let's get back to the work. I knew you wouldn't be able to see this on the altar unless you're from home, watching from home. So there it is on the screen for those of you in the sanctuary. This is known as the tree of life. You find this in the church of Elisha. The reminder that in the garden, God created, and it's to remind that God is the one who is our life. You can also get in Madaba, uh, the cross of Moses, which sounds odd, doesn't it? But this is what's known as the plaza at Mount Nebo where Moses stood and he looks over across the Jordan River. You can see the baptismal site where Jesus was and this is where the Israelites crossed over and he looks into the distance. And the cross is a reminder to us in, the, in literally, if you're looking at the Moses cross, it's more like a T, like almost a timeout. But remember in Exodus that when the people were being bitten by the snakes and dying, God commanded them to take the symbol of death, which is the serpent, to put it upon the cross. And everyone who looked upon the cross uh, uh, with the serpent would not die from the snake bite. Jesus actually quotes this in the Gospel of John. So the Son of Man would have to be lifted up. And that everyone who lifts their eyes to him would not die, but have eternal life. 
And so this past trip, I also got the mosaic of the Moses cross. And that's what it looks like. Broken pieces, fragments, kind of like our faith, isn't it? Sometimes our faith feels fragmented. Sometimes our faith feels broken. It doesn't feel put all together. Here's one of the amazing things of how mosaics are made. Each one of these broken shards of, is a different length and a different height. So how on earth are you going to make something be even across the front? The way they do it is when the artisan gets it together, it lays it face down and they seal. They're actually making it upside down. And then at the end of the artisan's work, it's flipped over and the beautiful picture comes together. The artisan can see what's going on, but oftentimes people observing don't quite see the picture correctly. Isn't this a beautiful image for your life and mine on Easter? That, that we bring these sort of broken parts of our life, these fragmented pieces of faith, and we bring them to Christ. The Christ who will not let us forget that he is risen and he is going ahead of us just as he said. When we visited the empty tomb this past year, I always am moved because the first trip I ever took to the Holy Land, as you look down at the empty tomb, if you were standing and looking at this picture, behind and to the left, there were several sort of pieces of pillar, sections of round stone. And when I last received Holy Communion with my father before he passed away, it was October of 2010, and dad couldn't negotiate the steps very well. And so he went over and he sat on one of the stones that was there, the pillared stone. And we had a conversation where he made a turn in his own life about how to share with the congregation where my mother and dad were attending that he had a terminal diagnosis of cancer. And his life would then move from teaching people how to live to teaching them how to die, which he did in a beautiful and magnificent way. And so we were back in March and I was waiting for this moment because I would go and I would stand beside that spot, you know, remembering, I remember dad sat right here and I sat right here and we had that conversation when he said those words, I think I figured out that I need to tell people what I don't know is going to keep me from believing in the miracle of the resurrection. He couldn't negotiate the steps to go down to the empty tomb to go in. He knew what was there. He absorbed it into his heart. And I was so looking forward to going to that spot. And, and we arrived and we, we move and we come in through the front of the garden tomb area and you go receive communion. The last thing you do is you, you come out to the garden tomb, which is, it's not a replica. It's a, it is a real tomb. We just don't know that this was the tomb Jesus was in. And we're not really, we don't believe it is. But it would have looked just like this because of the way in which we know about Joseph of Arimathea. And we know that people who had these kinds of tombs had resources, and so did Joseph of Arimathea. And I went and I got in my spot to get the picture of the 30 people who were going to have that moment to step into the tomb and to come out and what that feels like. And I was looking and I looked and looked and realized of all the beautiful things that they did during the season of COVID, do you know what they did I really didn't like? They took the stones out. And they put benches. 
And so now I'm left wondering, okay, where, where am I going to stand to celebrate this moment? Where, where am I going to go? I mean, I, I was looking forward to this moment. My hope was all built saying, I can touch this moment to remember what it was like to sit here and imagine that conversation with my father. It was gone. And I had to remember in that moment that as important as that conversation was in that moment with my father, it was at a place in which we were observing the most significant aspect of our faith is not what we can claim, but is simply an echo of an empty tomb. It's the most distinctive mark of the Christian faith that transcends all other religions reaching towards God is that we have no burial place for Christ. Thanks be to God because he is risen. I wonder what part of Easter this year. I mean, look, congratulations, you got to church or you're, you're worshiping from home, right? First thing of Easter accomplished, we're all here, right? I mean, let's get honest. Thanks be to God. We all made it to church, right? I know you're thinking already, okay, what's for lunch? Who's going to do what? How long are they staying? I'll get all that, right? That's Easter. That's family. But don't let this moment slip by. Don't let this moment slip by without recognizing on this Easter, what part of your life needs to be brought to Christ, to be a piece of that fragment that in the hands of the artisan because something magnificent and beautiful. What piece of your life will you bring to him? This is not just about going through the motions. This is not just about trying to make an extra hour of worship so we can squeeze more people in. Friends, this is for us, the celebration of our faith. That Christ is risen, just as he said. And I would want to close reminding us of this. That when we think about the resurrection, it's not just a historical event that happened in history that has changed everything. Resurrection is something that can happen to you and me in our faith at any moment, at any time. It is the basis of the word to resuscitate, right? To bring back to life, to bring air back into lungs, to bring life together. Your life and mine can be resuscitated, resurrected by God at any moment. All it takes is our willing hearts. And so we need to hear this message. Remember how Jesus told you while he was still with you in Galilee, the Son of Man must be delivered over the hands of sinners and crucified and the third day be raised again. And then, then they remembered what happened. And Peter is still walking away, wondering to himself what had happened. As you leave today, you may still have some wondering and in the spirit of Paul Harvey, for those of you who know who that is, and half of this congregation has no clue what I'm about to say, but I know some of you will. In the spirit of Paul Harvey, here's the rest of the story. Remember what happens to Peter? He's pondering, he's wondering, he goes back to Galilee, he goes back to what? Fishing. And don't miss this. When Peter went back to fishing, it was Jesus who went to Galilee and found him. And the resurrected Christ can and will find you too. Let's pray together. 
God, we give you thanks that wherever we are in life's journey, some of us are held back by heartache and hurt. And we need to be reminded and remember that you are a God who brings life and forgiveness and love. So would you help us in this day to surrender, in the words of that hymn, to surrender all to you, to let the joy of Easter seek deep into our bones, to drown out our disappointments, and to make those moments that cause us pain to be fade away, to bring the broken pieces of our life and our fragmented faith to you so that you can create the beautiful mosaic which is your church. God, thank you for all who are here, and I pray that you would move in their hearts and life, that this would be a different Easter, that they will remember that you are the God of life who brings life. And God, as we leave and we look at these exits and we see these signs, would you help us to remember that for us in the church as we move out into the world, we don't do so in our own strength, but we go out today with a beautiful message that Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. This we pray in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And all of God's people did say, Amen.